Hello there, listeners, and welcome to the Wiser Than Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Nico. As usual, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, Sam. Sam and I have listened and actually also watched How to Change Your Minds, what the new science of psychedelics teaches us about consciousness, dying, addiction, depression, and transcendence, written by Michael Pollan. And as the name suggests, it is a book about psychedelics. Psychedelics, if you hear the term, you might think about magic mushrooms, as they're called. You might think about LSD and other of these substances. These are substances that change your mind, let you see things that aren't really there or let you experience things that are not normally or usually there. And before I read this book, before I did some research into this, I was like staying away from psychedelics because I don't want to put myself in a situation where I don't know what's real and what's not real. And I was kind of intimidated by it. But spoiler alert, this book changed my mind about that. And it might change my mind when I start experimenting with these psychedelics. In any case, what were your thoughts on the book, Sam? I like the book, hence why I recommended it to you. First read it a few years ago, and it's definitely made me a bit more active in my pursuit of other ways of thinking via using certain natural or unnatural chemicals. And yeah, it's just a really good summary of the different ways that they work. And it's got a good amount of history and like why things happen the way they were, but also practical stories and science around what's going on and potential view of what will happen in the future so yeah it was nice quite digestible wasn't too boring wasn't too slow all in all nice book yeah 100 one of the cool things was while we were listening to this book there was a netflix show that came out with the same title how to change your mind it's four episodes each episode focuses on a different psychedelic substance so it is first lsd then psilocybin then ecstasy or mdma and then the last one is i think it's dmt it's the one that's found in cacti in Latin America. So the book starts with a bit of a background story about psychedelics in general, and more specifically about LSD. And so LSD was discovered in the 1940s by a researcher that was working for a pharmaceutical company. And so they were looking for medication about, for some things. And then like he accidentally almost got some LSD on his fingers or something, got it in his mouth. And then like he started tripping. And then he realized that it might have come from the LSD. And then he decided to try 25 times higher than the current normal dose that you take just because it is a super potent substance. And then afterwards, he was very much under the influence of LSD, tripping pretty hard. Apparently, he biked his way home on the same trip. And that's when research into that substance was kicked off. Before I read this book, I had a very negative perception about psychedelics in general and LSDs in particular. It seemed to be like they were very dangerous. They could you know, make you sick, make you, I don't know, crazy. Basically, in the 50s and 60s, people were experimenting with LSD quite a lot. And it was all the hippie movement was coming up. And apparently, this is what he describes, the people that were experimenting with these drugs were very much against the US wars. They were like against the wars in Vietnam. And one of the reasons why the government started to clamp down on these drugs was because the people that were using them were so much against these wars, which I found very interesting. And that actually has repercussions until today, because, you know, if you talk to people today, even medical professionals, there seems to be a negative bias towards some of these substances. I'd almost say I kind of prefer LSD to drinking. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't do it regularly, but to have like a chilled out day, <laughs> it's actually really nice. 
just not super regularly. But then like trying to tell someone, so I'm going to take LSD today. And I think you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> it's hard to really sort of pitch that one as an option to people. <laughs> so you kind of have to be careful about how you come across when talking about it, if you do want to be taking it. So what is your understanding of what these psychedelics do in your brain from the book? Well, I quite like the title of the Aldous Huxley book, uh, Opening the Doors to Perception. Is it just unblocks certain modes of thinking. So it goes quite in depth around um, psilocybin inhibits the default mode network in magic mushrooms and truffles. And it either excites extra things to happen or sort of stops preventative things going on, which just allows you to have a bit more of a open-minded experience with less of a the egocentric nature that is like the human experience and you can be a bit more at one with the world and <laughs> a bit more passive in the general like how the universe is existing as opposed to your specific place in it and it's just a bit more humbling and enlightening as a thing to do rather than other ways of getting drunk or something where to just try and like change your mind or something let's say you're having like a bad experience people kind of get drunk it just like blocks them off from certain things but actually they can still get angry and stuff whereas this gives you a greater perspective on what the problem might be and allows you to kind of overcome it so certain studies on people that have like cancer or terminal illnesses it's certainly sound to really benefit their situation and make them actually come to terms with it in a better way whereas if they just became like an alcoholic in that situation they just become more negative and not that useful as a human whereas they can actually have like a a better life and be more happier through the opening of just seeing like a greater logic by using psychedelics. I'm not sure if I've brilliantly answered your question there. <laughs> to be fair, it's not an easy question, right? It seems like science has not yet agreed on exactly what happens inside your brain when you take one of these substances. But in any case, so one of the things is like, I've never tried any of these substances. Actually, no, it's not true. I have tried a tiny bit of MDMA, it seems that especially psilocybin actually reduces the ego in your thinking. So essentially, whenever we experience something, we kind of think about that as if like in context to us. So when I look at something, it's always like I'm looking at it instead of that actually being there, if that makes sense. And so what these drugs seem to do is that they kind of eliminate the ego, eliminate the you and allow you to see things for what they are instead of their relationship to you. And so it, he kind of describes this line of spirituality. So you have spirituality on one hand, and you have materialism on the other hand. And so if you're spiritual, then you cannot be materialistic. If you're materialistic, you cannot be spiritual. These are two opposite ends on the spectrum. I consider myself to be very materialistic, not that I care about money like it's materialistic in a different sense i believe that there is no higher power i believe that everything on this planet is defined by like physics and like these laws of nature and it seems that once people try out these substances they move over towards the more spiritual side is that something that you've experienced Sam? i would say not really in terms of that definition of materialistic is in I don't feel like I've become more aware of like a completely different power. I've certainly been more aware of the expanse of like 
the universe and everything going on and the significance of my life and like all the other forces that are going on, but I'm still kind of aware that like physics exists and, and does its thing. And I'm not really expecting it's like some kind of mystical stuff that's doing the whole thing. It definitely changes my sense of what my purpose is. And I would say people might describe me as a spiritual person in like, can be a calming person that's a bit more like one with how the world works and lets things be, if that makes sense, which comes across as spiritual as in, yeah, a bit more hippie-like and doesn't blame himself for so many things and is kind of happy to let's see what the world will bring and that kind of stuff. Anyway, I guess it doesn't matter too much. So basically what we had was there was a lot of research done between the 1940s and the 1960s until it got banned, mostly out of the US, and then it got banned in Europe as well. And so in these days, over the past decade, more and more experiments have been done with these substances to solve certain ailments like depression, anxiety, I believe ADHD as well, stress from dying. So these have been used to help people that are terminally ill feel, you know, happy again and be able to have the last days of their lives, you know, feel or be valuable and have them like accept the fact that they will be passing away. And so more and more experiments are being done, which you, by the way, can also see in the Netflix series. So there's a, a guy who has big headaches. It's not exactly migraines, like he has these stinging pains in his brain. And people don't know where it comes from, but apparently like he's been using psilocybin and it's been way better. So these are like super interesting for the moment, still mostly anecdotal evidence that we might be onto something here. And these things might happen, essentially helping them with diseases that are more mental than physical. And so one of the things that these psychedelic substances do is imagine you have a snow globe, like the little snowflakes have fallen in a certain way. That is a bit how your brain works. It is as if you have a ski slope where you have these tracks in the snow that have been filled in. And every time you, you know, you ski through, you use the same tracks because that's where it, it's easiest to ski. And so essentially your, your brain in a kind of physical sense has become stuck in its ways. And it seems like these psychedelic substances give you a shake. They either shake the snow globe or they just shake up all of the snow that's there so the tracks are not there yet so it can essentially like be reformed again your brain almost becomes childlike and more malleable kind of create some new tracks based on because you still have your complete memory it's not like it kind of erases your brain or anything you sort of get to look at what you've done with your life and see the mistakes and actually recreate like new habits and things so it is really good for like alcoholics it's been used with and and stuff for getting people out of addictions and it also something we haven't mentioned is all these psychedelics aren't addictive drugs. So I kind of like LSD, but at no given day do I feel any need to actually ever take it, for example. And I can go years without having it <laughs> and often do. Then you wouldn't want to take it repeatedly. So these substances, they're not addictive. They're not toxic. They're not debilitating. They're not destructive. So one of my frustrations recently has been that alcohol is so romanticized in society today where it's like, oh yeah, let's have a good glass of wine, or yeah, let's let's drink a beer, a beer with the buddies, or let's have a cocktail, or or a glass of uh, like champagne to celebrate something. And you know, alcohol is widely known as one of the most toxic, addictive substances out there, and still we keep doing it. And then there are these substances that 
have proven to help people with some of the biggest problems that people have today, which is people lose a sense of purpose because everything is being done for us. Our lives are hard. There's more depression than ever. And then there's these substances that have proven to like help with them, at least with some people. But still, it's very slow to get that up and, and going. It seems frustrating to me. Like I would love to try out these substances, but it's very hard for me because it's essentially illegal for me to try either magic mushrooms or LSD or any of the other substances that we're talking about. It's pretty interesting to think, like, what would the world be like if it was the other way around? Like alcohol was illegal and everyone was welcome to be taking these regularly and you grow up and your parents are like, yes, it's about time you tried your first <laughs> trip or something. There's a world where that happens because this is a movement and it's growing, right? It seems like it's one of these things where once people give it a try, they don't really go back. By the way, this is a bit unrelated. Have you heard of this theory where the invention of coffee has had one of the most profound effects on humans ever? As in before a coffee, we were actually drinking a shit ton of like beer because beer or alcohol was the safest way to actually drink water because it kills bacteria that are natural in water. And so all of the water that Europeans or people were drinking was bad. And so if they turned it into beer, it was actually better for you. People were constantly drinking alcohol. They were not really drunk, but they were under the influence of alcohol. With the inventions or arrival of coffee, we became like 10 times more productive. And that's why we have such a caffeined up society today where everyone's working as much as they can, running around super busy, always want to do something. Did you hear about that? I hadn't heard that as a thing. It's a nice idea. I feel like maybe treatment of water <laughs> could also be subscribed to. I think it's from being drunk, but it's pretty recent at the whole movement across the EU to make it drinking tap water, but even it doesn't matter where you are, you can so easily buy bottled water. Back to the book. You've tried most of these substances. Could you describe how they differ? The difference between mushrooms and acid is that, I mean, they both take a while to come on, but Acid lasts for ages, so it's definitely a bit more of a scary bum moment if things are going bad and that you're like, I've no idea how to get out of this. And so you have to kind of like just <laughs> breathe deeply, but like, it's going to be fine. Otherwise, I would say they kind of have quite similar effects. Like It's quite nuanced, the difference. Like I would be able to tell you the difference if I was on, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I don't know how to describe the difference. Either way, they both make the world, visually speaking, things can be different. And depending on how strong it is, you might actually just imagine things that completely aren't there at all. If it's a bit lesser, everything just gets a lot prettier and shadows or like clouds can start like moving by their own thoughts in your brain as opposed to actually what's going on. And your senses just get slightly warped as well in terms of either when you're walking and the, the ground can feel a bit squishier or lighter and things taste richer and the whole experience is just more intense but then your brain is just really open to thoughts and ideas so i notice this even like let's say when i'm not taking drugs just depending on if i'm like if i'm feeling positive or like and i've had a good sleep and energy like i'll have a lot more ideas and thoughts and things whereas if i'm feeling a bit down it's like i just don't want to think about anything and i'll be tired whereas it just brings the good parts of that up where you just have like way more ideas and you see so many more parallels between things that you're just missing normally in like your day-to-day -day of just like hidden meanings behind things or stuff that you wouldn't notice normally it kind of comes up everywhere so for different people if it can be like past relationships or things that they're doing wrong or 
what the point of existence is. And he can kind of learn that from looking at a flower. <laughs> it could get pretty, pretty out there. But yeah, trying to tell you exactly the difference between like LSD or mushrooms is, is a bit hard, perhaps more profound in some ways, and yet also more sublime, but it's just like descriptive. It's, it's not so helpful, which I guess is part of the reason why I was curious to kind of take them because of even when you are told stuff, it doesn't always like fully let you know what's going to happen. Like a nice story from the book was about the guy that did a lot of leading research in mushrooms, Stamets, his experience when he first took like an overdose by accident on a day when it was stormy and he used to have like a really big stutter. As the storm was coming in, he ended up climbing a tree because he thought that might be a sensible idea. But as he got higher, he realized that he, did, he was too scared to climb down. And then the storm came in, it's just like lightning everywhere. And he ended up just like hugging this tree, thinking that he may well die with this lightning strike. And he ended up and just having like a very surreal moment where he was just decided that if he was going to live, he was never going to have a stutter again. And he just started like speaking this mantra that like, I'm going to stop stuttering now. And he was able to say these words. And for the hours that the storm rolled through, he just carried on saying this to himself and eventually managed to get home and go to sleep. And the next day he'd lost his stutter. And I think it was just like a nice explanation of how these things can affect you to the level of stuff can like get rewritten, as you're saying, with like the snow globe of, okay, the, the things that you normally just sort of think that you have in your head can be rewritten. And I think that's like a more important way to describe it than necessarily saying like how you're experiencing it. What I found interesting is that the way he describes people taking these substances, like I always imagined you taking them and then doing something, like you taking LSD and then like walking around or like go partying or whatever, especially in clinical trials. What they always do is they have people take these substances, lie down comfortably with like a blanket with earphones or like headphones with some soft music and then also something to cover their eyes. So it's like just you and your brain, essentially. There's nothing else around you, nothing to distract you. And that seems to be like the way to take these or do these things. I find that you can almost miss the experience if you're doing too much. You definitely feel weird, but in reality, you need to kind of like give it some time to let the moment go where it will go if nothing's happening. Whereas... If there's stuff that you always have to react to, you're too busy and your brain still kind of works that so you kind of deal with everything. Whereas if you just sit and do nothing, then everything changes and your brain going does like does other stuff. And so I think it's the same with the importance of like Vipassana where you spend 10 days silent meditation where you don't look at anyone, you don't speak to anyone because it takes that long without drugs to actually get that far into your brain passively. And if you're taking a drug and then you just sort of go about your day, it can be annoying if you take it and you're with someone that just sort of chats about stuff that's insignificant and you're just there like i'm literally being blocked from from going somewhere with this actually having some eyeshadows and getting some nice music on is you definitely get a lot more from the experience in terms of the trip that is but i really enjoy going for like a massive long hike or something as well depending on what you're doing being outdoors nature because you still sit on a rock for like half an hour and have a nice time and different things happen. So how important was this book for you with your experiences with psychedelics? I still would say it was really important because I'd done like a little bit of them, which in the first time I was done them was out of curiosity in places it was more for like a party and stuff. But I had noticed that, like you just said, spending some time to yourself as opposed to interacting with people 
did a lot more things and it'd been a long time in, in between taking them but every single time I'd taken them I'd maybe had a bit of a problem going on that I'd sort of seen a solution to and it actually led to quite a big life change each time but I felt negative around trying to get hold and doing more of them if you know what I mean it just didn't seem like I didn't have such a connection between it being a great experience for my life and it seemed like more like something I would have to do at the festival or something as opposed to oh actually this is how you can deal with your life problems is actually just going and sitting on a hill for a whole afternoon with some LSD whereas then having taken that it's sort of like actually if I am having a really difficult time or something and I know I'm going to have like a weekend to myself I will be like oh, actually maybe that would be a good time to actually try taking LSD and sort of see what other ideas I'd get as opposed to just sort of sitting and being my problem so it definitely changed my framing around it to make me think actually this is a good way to approach it as in like he talks a lot more about like the guided experience and sort of using it properly as a tool as opposed to a way to have fun etc and it just changed my approach to it realizing okay actually there's more out of this if i use it as a tool so it definitely helped frame that for me and it made it a lot easier for me to explain to other people why i'd had such good experiences on it that it helped my life and be able to recommend it to people that were in a situation where it could help them and give them the right sort of recommendation without feeling like, hey, well, you know, just go to a festival and take some drugs and like, people feel fine afterwards. <laughs> it was a bit more of like a, maybe read this book and see if perhaps there's something in here that could help you. Like, I wouldn't sort of necessarily tell anyone to take drugs because you don't know what their kind of anxiety is and if it will make them worse. It is kind of ironic that like, a lot of people with anxiety probably could be helped a lot with this, but they're too worried about their anxiety getting worse, which is a bit sad. But I think if they did it in a guided way, it might be better. So I wouldn't take some that has anxiety to sort of try and give them drugs myself and see if I could help them because they can do it with some professionals. One thing that I remember from this book is if ever you want to try one of these psychedelics, two of the important, most important things are sets and setting. Sets being or meaning the mindset that you have going in and then setting meaning like your environments if you are in like an empty house an old house you don't feel comfortable if you're like slightly like scared bad time to start experimenting with lsd or psilocybin or any of these other things same when like you feel anxious you're not feeling at ease like you have to make sure that you're like 100% comfortable that you feel good because if you're in a bad mindset you're gonna have bad trip and that's the worst thing that can actually happen with these things, it's never like, it doesn't kill people. So people don't die with a bad trip, but it's not nice. Some say that even bad trips are good for you, but still, it's probably something you would want to avoid. So set and setting, super important. So, Sam, rating for this book? I'm going to say 7 out of 10. I think maybe actually at the time, it might have been higher. I think now that it's four years later that, the second time I've read so many other things on it, that just seems a bit more like normal. That's when it was first published. It was a bit more groundbreaking. It wasn't like a complete page turn. I had to read every single thing, but it wasn't hard to read either. And it was good information, worthwhile stuff that sort of changes your thinking or something. So in that sense, it was good. I agree. I'm actually happy that there's also a Netflix series about it because I wanted to recommend this book to a lot of people, but not everyone reads books. And now you can just say, oh, watch that Netflix documentary because it's it's really interesting. It was good, but hard to not always recommend people that they weren't necessarily going to read it. Whereas I think the documentary is probably a lot more digestible for people. 100%. I think this book right now, I'll give it like maybe an eight. It might be a nine, might be a 10, because it kind of motivated me to try up psychedelics, which could have like huge impact on me. So, you know, I'm super curious about that. 
maybe before the next episode that we record, I have tried it. I'll let you know how it was. I'm curious. I'm, I'm super excited. I don't really need it, but I'm just super open to like becoming spiritual. Perhaps I should have given it a higher rating. Anyway, I've done it now. I went with my gut. Say, so, good. Good. All right. Take care. And we'll speak to you in the next episode. Also, look forward to being able to update you on my psychedelics adventures. Maybe it's before, maybe it's after. We'll see. Ciao.